With the second pick in the 2016 NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select Carson Wentz. West Philadelphia, West Philadelphia, West Philadelphia, born and raised West Philadelphia. In front to Rui Stars! And welcome, everybody, to episode five. Yes, five. We made it this far of the Wiz Wit Podcast, a podcast bringing you all the news from the best sports city in the world, Philadelphia. I'm your host, Anthony DeStefano, and I want to thank you for making me part of your play rotation as we talk about something that isn't being played right now, but something we are all passionate about, Philadelphia sports. We have an action-packed show tonight featuring the NHL resuming what it means for the Flyers, the XFL folding. I know that's not Philly news, but it is sports news. What do we think of the XFL? What do we get from the XFL? What can the NFL use from the XFL? I was asked to cover the Phillies rotation going into 2020, so we're going to do that. And, of course, we have the WizWit question of the week. What sports star is the first to come to mind when you hear Philly sports? And I'll be answering your questions at the end of the episode. Now, let's get down to business. First, you can follow the show at WizWitPod on all social media platforms. Um, subscribe to WizWitPod on Apple on Spotify, share it with friends. Please let's make this grow. Let's have some fun. It looks like sports isn't too far away. So that's a good thing. The show's going to get really fun when sports starts. When the Phillies start, we can actually start going live and getting your comments and your feedback and answering your questions live on air, live on Facebook. I cannot wait. We also are going to be going um going live, I think maybe next week. After the first round of the NFL draft, I'm going to cover the draft on next week's show. And then after the first round, I might go live on Facebook. It might not have this cool overlay. I might be laying in bed to get your thoughts on whoever the Eagles pick. And we'll go over who I think the Eagles will pick next week. But first, let's talk about the hottest team in Philadelphia when this shit went down. And that is the Philadelphia Flyers. The NHL is thinking about resuming in North Dakota and New Hampshire. The NHL may be forced into some creative solutions if they want to cap off their suspended regular season with a Stanley Cup playoffs this summer. And those plans on the flies are being assembled by the league on a daily basis. We heard Trump say he wants to bring sports back. The world needs sports. I think we see sports coming back within the next three to five weeks. One of the more interesting plans to hold the playoff game at neutral locations across um. North Dakota, and Manchester, New Hampshire. There are parasites um, that have been mentioned as possibilities this summer if the NHL can push for playoff games made for television without any fans in the stands. Again, we went through this last week, right? Baseball wants to start. I am here for baseball starting, and here's why. And I, and I take the coronavirus very serious. I have a six-month-old. Um, my mom... Is you know doesn't have a good immune system. I take this serious as we should, but at the same time, 
How can't you have 10 people on a basketball court, but you can have 50 or 60 people in a shop, right? If they're tested on the basketball court, why can there be 150 people in shop, right? Not tested, just walking around with masks. Some up until this week, no masks. You know what I mean? So I personally think that sports can be played if the proper precautions are taken, right? So if they take the proper precautions, what would this mean for the Philadelphia Flyers if the playoffs started in the summer? The Philadelphia Flyers are the hottest team in the NHL. Remind me a lot of the Blues last year where they started abysmal. You didn't think they were going to get far. They got hot at the right time. The Flyers were getting hot at the right time. After a mediocre start, the Flyers went 41-21-7. They were the league's hottest team, winning nine of their last ten. They are 19-16-1 since January 8th, tied with Boston for the most points in the NHL since January 8th. That tells me that they were peaking at the right time. They were getting hot. Everybody was skating hard. Carter Hart looked like the superstar we know he's going to be. Giroux woke up. Voracek woke up. Coots was playing great. TK was playing. Like, the whole team. Kevin Hayes showed that he's worth the money we're spending on him. The whole team stepped up. They they look like a different hockey club. They look like a team that could make a deep playoff run. They look like a team that could beat anyone they played, and they were confident that they could beat anyone they played. What this will mean for the Flyers, um, they'll lose momentum. These are lists I made. They will lose momentum. You can't capture that lightning in the bottle. There's nothing like being on a hot streak. Like basketball players, shoot or shoot. When you start shooting and you start hitting shots, the rim looks like the ocean. You can throw the ball and it's going in. Same with winning. You get on these hot streaks as as a professional club and nothing can stop you, right? You, the mentality, the swagger. It is an unreal feeling and an unexplainable feeling to get momentum in sports. Anyone who played any organized sports, even Little League, understands when you get hot and you get into a momentum and a rhythm, it's it's like a snowball effect. The next guy steps up, the next guy steps up, the next thing you know, the team's unbeatable. That's what the Flyers were. They will lose their momentum, but everyone else has lost their momentum. It's not like they're losing the momentum and the Penguins all of a sudden are picking up. Everybody is starting flat. What's good about that is their mindset. Their mindset is still, we can beat anyone. We've proven it. We were the best team in the NHL when the season got suspended. We can come back and be the best team in the NHL. So I think that plays into the Flyers' favor. Now, that's even playing field for everyone. But other teams who are battling injuries will get healthy, as will the Flyers with Nolan Patrick and JVR getting healthier to come back to the lineup. JVR has kind of been an underwhelming performer for me. Um, I love Nolan Patrick. I think it gives the guys time to rest. As we know, after the hockey season, a lot of people get their surgeries, you know, because there's bumps and bruises, and it's the most physical sport out there. Now they get the rest. Now they get to relax, rest their bodies, they can all come back at 100%, which is which is good, but also across the league, some very good players could be coming back from injury because of this time off. Um, they are so young that the time off could really hurt their mindset and confidence because they were 
were winning, but they were one of the more physically able teams. Um, so physically, they're young, they're hungry, they're fast. And I think physically, they're going to recover better than any other team. Physically, I think they're going to keep skating fast, if not faster, because they'll be healthier, because they're younger, and they don't have to, you know, for 32-year-old Anthony to prepare for something compared to 25-year-old Anthony. 25-year-old Anthony will be working circles around. So the age matters. The The youth of that team matters. But the youth also doesn't have the veteran's mindset where it can get in your head. So let's hope it doesn't get in their head. And hopefully, like I said beforehand, they have that swag about them where they they know they can beat anyone. And that's a good thing about being young. Is like It's like almost young and naive, but it's not. It's young in confidence, young and cocky. We can beat anyone. We had this time off. Bring it. We're going to give it to them. And I think that's where the Flyers could be strong, but it could it could teeter. You don't know. I don't know these players. I don't know how their mindset is. I don't know what they're doing conditioning-wise to stay in shape. Are they making TikToks and playing Xbox on Twitch, or are they, you know, skating and working out? I don't know, right? I don't know what they're doing to, to, to keep in shape. But what I do know is their youth could help them, but their youth could also hurt them. I'm leaning more towards it helping them, but I could understand how people think the youth of this team could hurt them if the season started up. Now, another thing that's interesting is the potential matchup if season resumes in the playoffs. It would be number two Philadelphia Flyers versus the number three Pittsburgh Penguins. The problem with this is that we don't have the Penguins numbers in the playoffs. I mean, we do when we play them on the road, but guess what? It's a neutral site. So the Flyers are better at home than anyone else. I think they're one of the best home teams. Carter Hart's one of the best home goalies. They play off the momentum of the crowd. They are a great home team. They skate harder. They play better. They play smarter. They push more, right? They get that momentum behind them. The problem is you're playing a veteran Pittsburgh team that doesn't really care about fans, I don't think, right? I think the Flyers are a very young team driven off momentum. You go in against the Pittsburgh Penguins on a neutral site. I don't know what happens. Can I? Can the Flyers win? Absolutely. I think the Flyers could win. But I do think it's worth noting the youth versus the veterans of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's been there. They've, they've done it, right? And the Flyers have proven time in and time out that they are a better home team. How are they going to react neutrally? How are they going to overcome not having their crowd fire them up or flyer them up, as they say? I'm not sure. That potential matchup makes me excited, though. You mean to tell me that the NHL starts and then we're in the playoffs and we're we're against the Penguins? Like, that's excitement right there. That's our number one rival. I'm excited for that. Now, how would hockey start, though? Because hockey's not like baseball. Baseball has a spring training, and if they start, they'll take a week and train. Hockey takes a lot more preparation than any sport. I feel like baseball, basketball, you can get away with a weak training camp. Hockey and football are the ones that need it because they're the most physical. How do you prep these players? Do you say, okay, May 1st, three to four week mini camps, um, open ice, all practices, get in shape, and then June, you know, June 1st, we're starting. Is that how we do it? And that's just uh, that's just dates off the top of my head. You know, I don't know what when this is happening. 
But if the plan is to bring hockey back, you need to give them longer than you'll give baseball players. And next I want to get in to the Philadelphia Phillies rotation for the 2020 season, speaking of baseball. But first, here's a word from our partner. Are you planning a party, a wedding, or another event where you need entertainment services, such as a wedding event planner, day of coordinating, bartending services, DJ entertainment, catering, professional photography, and much more? Well, then I have a place for you. Contact Philly with a twist. Go like their page on Facebook and tell them that WizWit sent you. Now let's get into the sport that I think we'll be seeing before any other professional sport, and that is baseball. I was asked online to cover the Phillies rotation for 2020. This is going to be a shorter segment because I just want to basically go over the rotation, what I think, what the expectations are, a little bit of numbers. We know who our ace is, right? Our ace this year is Aaron Nola, who went 12-7 and last year with a 3.87 ERA, 229 strikeouts. Aaron Nola started slow, ended strong. I expect him not having Gabe Kapler to be a better pitcher. I expect this whole rotation, not having Gabe Kapler as a manager, be better pitchers. Joe Girardi knows the game. He's a great coach. He won World Series. I think he is going to not play the analytics side, but play the realist side, play the baseball mind side. And I like that side better. I'm not an analytics guy as I went through. I'm not going to say, hey, third inning, this guy, (laughs) this guy bats 800 against right-handers when it's 6.05 p.m. We got to take our starter out. That's the kind of shit Gabe Kapler would do. Joe Girardi, no. Joe Girardi is a baseball manager. He will manage the game. He will let the pitchers pitch, get out of jams, and I think that's going to help this ball club. Aaron Nola, 12-7. It's a good good numbers, but I expect him to be up near 20 wins. I'm thinking 18 wins. I think he's going to be a Cy Young candidate. I really do. Now, here's a, a guy from the Mets we got. And the Mets had him as one of their top prospects, and he was great. Um, Injury kind of plagued his career, but he's had a consistent couple years um, back from injury. Zach Wheeler is our true number two. He is 11-8 with a 3.96 and 195 strikeouts. So not too far off Nola, right? Nola we know is an ace. Zach Wheeler had just as good numbers as Aaron Nola. Do I think Zach Wheeler is a better pitcher than Aaron Nola? No. Do I think that Zach Wheeler, Wheeler could be a, a legit number two? Yes. I think it would be bring fear if you go into a three-game series and you're pitching Nola, Wheeler, and Arietta. Which brings me to my third. Jake Arietta. Jake Arietta last year, injury, hated Gabe Kapler. Probably more than me. Didn't like Gabe Kapler. Didn't like his managerial style. Had a bad season, 8-8, eight eight, 4.64 ERA, 110 strikeouts. Not his best season. You know, um, I do think that, I mean, he had a 3.96 in 2018, but I do think that a lot of that has to do with the manager. Again, I don't think they let Arietta get the confidence. I don't think they let him work out of stuff. Now, those three pitchers, I'm not saying they're anything to, you know, Aaron Nola obviously is a star. Zach Wheeler is a really good pitcher. Jake Arietta is a good pitcher. Am I saying they're better than the Nationals or the Braves? I, I'm, I'm not saying their pitching rotation is that good. I'm saying can their pitching rotation make us a 90-win team? Maybe push 100 wins? I do. I honestly think we have enough talent in our starting rotation to win games. Because one of the biggest things is the Phillies can't close games. The Phillies' middle relievers, closers, haven't been great. Last year, the starter pitchers weren't good either. But that's where you fear the game, is the middle relievers 
into the closers. By Girardi letting these guys pitch and get out of stuff, you don't have to bring in your middle reliever as long. You don't have to bring in your closer as long. Um, your closer doesn't have to do two inning saves because get them one inning. You know what I mean? I think I, I think the team's better off. And I, I hate just bashing a manager, but I really think the pitching staff hurt the most with um, Gabe Kapler a, as their manager. Now, the fourth and fifth are questions. I would say... Um, Zach Eflin would be number number four. Zach Eflin, um, let's let's go over his numbers. I mean, I think he's going to have a number four role in 2020. In 28 starts, Eflin won 10 games, lost 13, with a 4.13 ERA. Um, I mean, he was horrible in July. In July, he went 0-4 with an ERA above 11. He would have been a 10-9 with a 3.86 ERA if it wasn't for July. But guess what? You play baseball in July, Zach. We, we need more, right? But a lot of promise was showed. He had one bad month. Again, younger guy, probably in his head about it. Do I think that he could be our number four? Yes, I would take Zach as a number four. Last year, they had him pitching all over. Um, someone I don't really have st- stats on because I don't know who the number five is. I can only guess it's going to be Nick Pavetta. Um, he's a number five. You're going to get what you get out of a number five. What do I think about the Phillies rotation? I would grade it third best in the National League. Um, I think, actually, the Mets are really... The National League East, and that's what I'm saying, not National League, but the National League East is an arms race. Everyone has great rotations. Um, The Nationals are the World Series champs. You can't knock that. They have a great rotation. The Mets have a great rotation. They lost Wheeler. We got them, but they still have a good rotation. It's an arms race in the NL East. And I think the Phillies have enough talent, especially in their top three, to be legit contenders and win the division. I think they have enough offense that they can put runs on the board. And we have the pitching in line now and the manager in line now that we will not let other the other teams put runs up against us or as many runs. You're not going to the middle reliever in the fourth inning anymore. You're going to get your starter for six, seven innings. Old school baseball. You know, not even that old school. Old school used to go nine innings. They used to throw till their arm fell off. But we're getting the baseball we remember. The baseball that Charlie Manuel gave us where you had a pitcher go out there and duel. You had a pitcher go out there and battle, and he earned everything. It's not analytics. We're not pulling you after the fifth inning. That's what I think about the Phillies rotation. I think it's going to be a great season. As soon as the Phillies start, I will highlight their season more. I will get more pumped up. We just need a date. When we get a date, we'll talk a lot about Phillies baseball. Every week we will talk Phillies baseball. Right now, it's kind of Eagles Eagles time because the draft's coming up next week. I'm very excited to see that, but I think baseball is going to be starting sooner than anything else. So be prepared for baseball talk on the WizWit podcast. After the break, the XFL folds already. What that means for the NFL. We'll talk about it, but first, a word from our partner. Passionate and professional detailing is what describes Shure style detailing. They service everything from your daily driver classics, luxury, and exotic vehicles. They provide first class, personalized detailing services, maintenance, and total surface protection. Shure style detailing has the solution needed to protect your vehicles, motorcycles, and boats for a lifetime. Every vehicle is treated the same with the utmost care and attention to detail as if it were their own. 
Invest in quality detail where passion and pride are applied into every step from start to finish. Tell them that WizWit sent you and save 20% off your detail. And welcome back to the WizWit podcast. Now, this is going to be a little bit of a shorter segment as I talk about the XFL folding. Um, obviously, with the current climate of the world, a lot of businesses are laying off people. Unfortunately, the XFL has folded after only a half a season plagued by the coronavirus. Um, do I think the XFL was the best football i ever seen? No, I don't. Do I think the XFL could expand it? I think it had a shot. It was getting three to four million viewers a week on, on a Saturday. It's not NFL numbers, but no one's going to do NFL numbers. But it was better than Arena. It was better than the AFL, uh, AFL or whatever it was, American Football League that lasted like two weeks. It was better than a lot of the stuff out there. It had a lot of cool stuff you know, a lot of cool camera angles, um, interviewing the players after missing a field goal or after scoring a touchdown, getting natural emotion, natural reactions. I liked that. The thing I liked most was the safety of the kickoffs. The kickoff rule was was done perfectly, and I think the NFL is going to steal it. And I think the NFL should steal it for the safety of their players. It's sad to see the XFL go. Um, and not only because I'm a wrestling fan and because the XFL folded it, uh, as I'm recording this, Vince McMahon's laying off 100, probably 25 wrestlers, probably 100 staff in WWE because of the money that he put into the XFL and the XFL floundering and him declaring bankruptcy um, for that brand. But because I did enjoy watching these players, a player like P.J. Walker, who got signed to the NFL after five games in the XFL. XFL was a proving ground. XFL was great for football because it gave them a minor league system. Everyone has minor league systems, right? The NBA has it. Um, MLB has three of them. Hockey has it, right? And all football has is college football. The XFL was a good feeding system for the NFL. And I know a lot of people, well, it was a crazy league. It, it wasn't like the XFL in 2000 where he hate me was on the back of the jersey. XFL was trying to be legit and trying to bring you good football. And while the football wasn't the best, there were some bright spots. And the bright spots did get signed. They got signed to NFL rosters. And I think that was important, especially for football players who wanted to make a living out of this to prove themselves. It was a proving ground for people who went undrafted that, hey, I could have been a fifth round pick. And that's what I think is the saddest part of the XFL failing besides everyone losing their job is it never had a real chance. Would the XFL go to year two? I think it was budgeted for three years. Do I think it could have grown? I do. I think they could have added a Philadelphia team, right? Play where the union plays. I, I really do. I think that it had a legit chance. It was robbed by coronavirus. We'll never see another. I don't think we'll ever see another alternative to the NFL again. But that wasn't supposed to be an alternative. They wanted it to be a feeding system. Unfortunately, that failed. It got taken away from them. So I don't think we ever see any other football league besides the NFL, maybe arena football. Again, I don't think there's going to be the XFL again. I think it's done. I think everyone knows that the NFL is the ruler. But I also feel bad because I really think with a real chance the XFL could have been a feeding system. So. With that being said, let's get into the whiz wit question of the week. What sports star is the first to come to mind when you hear Philly sports? And I said, you could give me both, past and present. Now, I'm going to highlight some good answers, right? I was surprised by some answers. 
I'm surprised with who got a lot of answers. But we'll see. Allen Iverson, great answer. Jimmy Rollins, Donovan McNabb, Brian Dawkins, Mike Smith, Chase Sutley, Claude Giroux, Randall Cunningham, Joel Embiid, Andy Reid, Charlie Manuel. Not sports stars, but Charlie Manuel brought us a World Series. Andy Reid took us to a lot of uh, conference championships that we lost. Gritty, oh, funny answer. Doc Halliday, Richie Ashburn, Julia Serving, Bobby Clark, Rick McLeish, Bryce Harper, Carson Wentz, Eric Lindros, Vince Papale, and Rocky Balboa. Todd writes, if you go past 25 years ago or more, it's Mike Smith, the best third baseman to ever play the game, and now he does the Sunday broadcast and some other Phillies games. If you go more recent, it's Chase Utley, Iverson, or Dawkins. All three are probably the most beloved player of their respective sports. You still see their jerseys worn to games, and they haven't been here for years. You think um, you think of Utley's fake uh, to first and throw home. Iverson stepping over Lou in the finals, and Dawkins entering the field. I love that answer because it hits the nail on the head. When you have an impression in Philadelphia is when 10 years later people are wearing your jerseys, right? The Phillies won the World Series in 08. They went back in 09. I'd say their dynasty ended in 2010. 11, they were decent. Done after that, right? Fell off after that. You see Jimmy Rollins jerseys. You see Chase Utley jerseys. You see Doc Halliday jerseys. And you see Ryan Howard jerseys. Ryan Howard didn't make this list, which further goes into why I think Ryan Howard is one of the most underrated and underappreciated Philly stars of all time. But I already went off on that. Not going to go off on it again. I want to. You got to appreciate the big piece. But let's go into another one. L.A., who isn't a Philly fan. Right, And this is why I want to get a perspective from someone who's not a homer. When I think of Philly, I think of Iverson. The guy was unreal. I also picture Chase Utley, a hard-nosed player who played the game right every day. I agree. I totally agree. Um, I agree with that. I can't, I can't argue that. Iverson got the most votes. Which shows you basketball's popularity is 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 rising again. Iverson had the most votes, followed by Dawkins. McNabb had four votes. Wentz only had two. Bryce Harper only had one. Ben Simmons didn't make the list. So when you think of Philly sports, and Bede had two votes, Ben Simmons had zero. Randall Cunningham had two. Altley had three. Right. Bryce Harper won, Carson Wentz too. So when people think of Philly sports, even in our Philadelphia area, now I should have said, give me just your present, right? And maybe I would have got Carson Wentz, Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons, right? But I said, when you think Philly sports, when your mind goes Philadelphia sports, Allen Iverson, great answer. Julius Servant only had two votes. Dr. J, right? Brought us championships. Doc Halliday only had one. So a lot of people who left great impressions in Philadelphia, Philly remembers. And this is this is why I'm segueing this. Now, Doc Halliday was great. No one wrote Cliff Lee, right? Philly remembers the people that represented Philadelphia. Allen Iverson and Brian Dawkins are your top two. Why? Because they played 
with heart. They played with a chip on their shoulder. They would sacrifice every inch of them. They would pick themselves up off the ground to give you everything they got to make sure their team succeeded. And that's what we love as Philadelphia fans. And we get a bad rap because we will boo people out of the building. And we will. And we will let them know if they're not playing well. But God damn it, if we don't love, if we don't love when we see people bust their ass and give every inch of them, because that's what the city is about and the surrounding area is about. We are hard-nosed, we put our head down, and we're ready to get to work. And that's why I think Iverson and Dawkins best represent Philadelphia, and I think they are the right answers. And I think Chase Utley is the right answer too, because when he was here, who represented better than, than Chase Utley? I will be answering your questions, which there's a lot of good questions this week, right after the break. But first, listen to another word from our partner. If you want to be a partner, email me at whizwitpod at gmail.com. We'll be right back. Imagine walking into your first therapy appointment. Instead of some old white dude or lady, there's a 6'2 black dude with a high top fro and flamingo socks. Tune in to the Unorthodox Therapist where my boy Dante, a licensed pro counselor based out of Philly, drops you buckets of knowledge on mental health and therapy. Available on all platforms. And welcome back. Let's close this thing out right with questions. All right. I don't really look at the questions until I'm live on air because I, 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 I just want to do it off the head. You know what I mean? I don't want to... Um, have stuff planned. This this first question I'm looking at now, I probably should have planned shit. Um, it's all right. Who would be your all-time flyer starting lineup? Center, wings, D, and goal. Lindros, Giroux. Ooh. Because Bobby Clark was... I don't know, man. Lindros, Giroux, who... I guess Briere... Because Breer is my favorite player. Um, hmm. Let me see here. Yeah, I'm gonna. All right. Because and this is mine. This is because they're my. This is what I think would would work. Okay. Lindros, Giroux, Breer, Timonen, Pronger, Hextall. That's my answer. That's what I'm going with. I probably look back after and look at people and go, why did I pick that? I'm going with my favorites. Going with my favorite flyers. Lindros, Giroux, Briere, Timonen, Pronger, Hextall. That's who I'm rolling with. That's my answer, and I'm sticking to it. As a Birds fan, are you excited about this draft? Anxious or indifferent? I am anxious because I want to see what they do in the first round. Who's going to fall to us at wide receiver? We need a receiver and people are getting traded left and right. The rumors is the Minnesota Vikings are in on Odell Beckham Jr. for a second and fifth round pick next year. Now I know people in Philadelphia might not appreciate Odell Beckham Jr., but the guy is a weapon. The guy is a a great player. Brandon Cooks just got traded for a second. I'm glad we didn't get Cooks. Would I give up a second for Odell Beckham? You bet your ass I would. Right, Carson Wentz needs primetime players. Odell Beckham Jr. is a primetime player. Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham Jr. is a game changer. So I'm anxious to watch the draft. Who are we going to get? They're, it's the best receiving draft ever. Are they going to go linebacker? Do they even value a linebacker anymore? 
We have no linebackers. Right? We let Bradham go. Are they going to go linebacker and shock us all in the first and, and rely on Alshon Jeffries and, and Deshaun Jackson to carry the load? Or are they going to get Carson Wentz some young weapons? Hopefully, when we go over mock drafts next week, we'll see what they do. Well, the impact of coronavirus, COVID-19, on the 2020 draft, lack of in-person workouts, affect the way we as fans view the Eagles 2020 draft class. I think it's a wash here for them unless this this gets gets gone, you know, if that makes sense. If, it get, if we get rid of Corona, not even get rid of it, tame the beast that it is, um, where we are able to, to resume everyday life and NFL players can step on the field, regular training camp, regular business as usual. I want someone to make an immediate impact. But if they don't get on the field until, you know, August and they start in September, I can't. I can't fault them for that, right? And I think we'll give them a free pass, and I think the city of Philadelphia will as well. Given the choice, would you prefer a proven commodity that will cost substantial draft capital in a trade or stockpile picks? Um, so you, your example was Yannick. I would take Yannick in a heartbeat. That's a that's a, a generational talent. I would take Odell for a second rounder. Who are you going to draft next year in the second round that's going to bring the impact to to the to Eagles that that Odell Beckham Jr. will with a 28-year-old Carson Wentz, right? Carson Wentz is about to enter his 30s, right? We have two more seasons of him under his 30s. What what are you going to bring in next year when he's about to turn 30? I I no. I'm good with with trading capital um because Yannick's 24 years old. Beckham's on a little bit of the older side, but if you can get them, you get them. If you can get playmakers for your all your 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 all-star quarterback, you get them, right? You surround your best player with weapons that make him better. Last year, he took deck furniture to the playoffs. Get him Odell Beckham Jr., Deshaun Jackson. Watch what happens. What's the one thing that you're looking forward to the most when uh, sports return? I'm really excited for baseball, man. I'm really. Uh, this is the time of the year that I like to sit home. I get home from work. I crack a beer. I watch the Phillies at 7 o'clock every night. I, I love that time of the year. It's relaxing. Baseball is a slow sport. You, if you miss something, you you miss it, and it's not like a high-impact play. They always replay home runs right away. But like you can look down. You could do other stuff and hear the game. Baseball is not a game where you know you you're, it's a play that matters every time, like basketball or, or football. You can look away from baseball. You can look back, and it's a 3-1 count. And you're like, I really didn't miss nothing. Um so I would say baseball because it just it reminds me of the kickoff the summer. Does it feel like summer's about to happen to anyone else? Because for me, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like football or uh, summer's about to happen because the football, the NFL draft's not getting ready for like the big party, which I love to watch. Baseball is not playing right now. It's not the basketball playoffs. It's not hockey playoffs. It doesn't feel like summer's about to begin. But when baseball comes back, it will bring that joy to me. And, and remind me that the best season of the year is upon us. Should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? Yes, he bet on his team to win. Done. All-time hit leader. Why wouldn't he be in the Hall of Fame? Christ's sake, he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Most hits. By far, Hall of Fame. Bet on his team to win. Banned by baseball. A-Rod. Steroids, cheat it, right? Houston Astros, cheat it, won a World Series. No one's banned, right? Year suspension. P. 
Pete Rose needs to be reinstated and be in the Hall of Fame before he passes away. I think that would be the greatest tragedy in sports history if if Pete Rose goes in the Hall of Fame after waiting so long after he passes away. Put him in now. Put him in now. Yeah, betting's betting's what it is. But guess what? We live in a world now where sports betting is what it is. Sports betting is what gets these these sponsors and gets these this money for all the the leagues now. So get over it, right? And that is the show for the week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Next week we have the Eagles draft plans where we talk about the mock drafts. We cover who we want, who we think we can get. I'll be posting the question on Twitter and on Facebook trying to get your answers. Let's talk the Philadelphia Eagles next week. Follow me at WizWitPod on all your social media. Have a great week. Stay safe. Wear a mask and get ready because sports is coming back soon. We'll catch you next week.